The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Off Day Debrief, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. He is Brandon Lee Gowden from Believing Green Nation. What's up, BLG? That's, I could not be more happy for what? me yeah you didn't see it coming i was rooting against the 49ers this whole time i just want you to wallow in misery i'm not like your other co-host on that other podcast that you do uh, i'm not here to suck up to you i'm here to uh i'm like the uh the devil on your shoulder or the other guy might be the angel or, or you might be an angel in, in wolf's clothing who knows or sheep's clothing what am i trying to go for here i don't know mixed metaphor lost the thread uh the point is <laughs> that i am doing great despite my floundering at the beginning of the show. You know what? I didn't twist the knife when the 49ers beat the Eagles in week two this year. It's not what are you my talking about? I did. We made a bet and I had to sing a song. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You had to pay up on the bet. I didn't come on and twist the knife. And in fact, I stopped your singing. I cut you off after like mm. 20 seconds. I could have let you go there. See, that's it now. That's it. The gloves are off now. I'm, I'm going to be a jerk to you from now on. People love that. People want that on the pod. They don't want friendship. They want, <laughs> they true. want, you know, they want uh, contention and arguments and, and everything. So it's really, I'm just doing it for the people. The people's champ, Brandon Lee Gowden, everybody. All right. We have a ton to get to on this show. We are going to obviously break down Bulls Conference Championship games. We have our MVP and LVP points to get to. No power rankings on the show today. It's too big. It's after the conference championships. And besides, we have a very, very special special guest that we are very pleased and privileged to bring on. It's Ross Tucker of Westwood one. He was on the sidelines for the Bengals and the chiefs. And he called Tom Brady's last game in the NFL. It's been a great couple of weeks for you, Ross. Yeah. I think I tweeted at some point. I got a pretty cool job. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty pleased with it right now. I mean, um, let's start with the, the Brady thing, you know, the, only playoff game I ever played in was the first playoff game Tom Brady ever lost. Wow. So that's my claim to fame. Brady was like nine and zero or ten and zero in the playoffs till his team put my sorry ass in, <laughs> and they finally lost the game. He finally lost the game, um, and then obviously to be there for what appears to be. His last game, I'm glad I was there. You know, I mean, obviously I didn't play very long in New England or very much or anything like that, but 
still kind of cool to be there for his last game if it was. I don't want him to retire, though. I mean, my daughters are eight and nine years old, and Tom Brady still playing, and then being able to tell all the boys at school that their daddy played with Tom Brady, that's like the <laughs> coolest thing I got going right now. It's the best thing I got. So, Ross, what was the vibe like, I guess, at the stadium? Obviously, you know, not super happy with the Chiefs not winning, although it was kind of crazy. Um, you know, we saw the coin flip and overtime and Chiefs fans at that point coming off the game last week against the Bills are basically thinking they have this thing won <laughs> because they're getting the ball first again in OT. Um, but I think one of the hallmarks of a great player really in any sport is just the ability to go into that opposing stadium and just shut them up and just make them quiet and just make them kind of stand there and sit there. So I guess like just being there in person, like what was the vibe in that stadium as that all went down? Well, it's funny that you say that because the loudest roar of the second half or after halftime was the coin toss. Yeah. When when the Chiefs won the coin toss, that was like, I mean, it was like they just assumed that they were going to win. It was wild. I think it says something about something, right, about the overtime rules and the coin toss. But, I mean, they got a lot of confidence because as soon as that happened, there was just a roar. But that's how much uh, how much confidence they have in Patrick Mahomes and what he can do. I, I'm shocked. When it was 21-3, I thought the Bengals were toast. They were getting beat up front both sides of the ball. Mahomes was magical. They couldn't stop him. Uh, I really think the, the last play of the first half, I have to wonder – how much that really affected Mahomes mentally in the second half. Cause he played terrible. I mean, it feels like nobody else out there is really saying it, but he played awful in the second half of that game. I mean, how about the fact that he fumbled on the last play and almost lost the game in regulation with the fumble? Yeah. Like, what is he doing? And I'll tell you guys this too. I interviewed Joe Burrow after the, uh, after the podium ceremony, he might be the calmest guy I've ever interviewed. I mean, I, I was only allowed to have three questions. My first question was, Joe, did you really think you guys could do it again, 21-3? And he was like, well, yeah, you know, I just knew we had to get some things. Like, he was so – my second question, I swear, guys, was, Joe, why are you so calm right now? You just <laughs> won the AFC championship game. You're going to the Super Bowl. He's like, well, I was excited right after it happened, and the podium thing was cool, but I kind of i am ready for the next one now. I was like, dude. And then my last question was about his mobility because he avoided – he did three or four Mahomes things against Mahomes in that game that they needed to win. 100%. And I agree with what you said about Mahomes and the defense. Here's Mahomes starting with that final possession of the first half. Here's what the Chiefs did. They got no points at the end of the first half. Punt, punt, interception, punt, punt, field goal, interception. I know you're here, Ross, promoting myfrontpagestory.com, which is a great gift idea for anybody in your life if you want to go and do something really special for them. The front page story of this game is what the hell did Cincinnati do in the second half defensively to shut down the unicorn Patrick Mahomes? Well, it's interesting because Von Bell and those guys said that they changed a little bit. I didn't really see it. Um, it was still a lot of, you know, three-man rush. At most, four-man rush. They did not want to blitz him. That was a priority for them. I was surprised that 
what seemed like basically the same strategy from the first half worked in the second half. It seemed like the coverage was better. It did seem like Mahomes was more confused. And then the pass rush started to get there. Trey Hendrickson and those guys started to get there. I'm, I'm just telling you guys, I interviewed, I was with Evan uh, Washburn as he interviewed Zach Taylor right after that last play of the first half. And that was an all-time momentum swing. I mean, all-time. Zach Taylor was so fired up. He pointed to the scoreboard. He's like, it's the same score as the last time when we beat him. That was huge. <laughs> like, he was off. Meanwhile, um, Tracy Wolfson told me Andy Reid was not pleased. Um, I think, you know, from what I told, what was told, Mahomes kind of on the side, people on the sideline told me Andy Reid wanted to kick the field goal with five seconds left. And Mahomes is like, no, one more, one more. And Andy Reid let him have it. But, you know, I don't know if you want to blame that on Andy Reid or Mahomes. To me, it's more on Mahomes. You cannot throw that there. But the flip side is if you're Andy Reid, you can't give him one more play if he doesn't know not to throw it in that situation. That's a good point. I want to touch back on Joe Burrow, who you mentioned, uh, Ross. And I think it's just a huge reason, obviously, why the Bengals are here and why uh, some of us here on this show, as listeners know, had confidence uh, in the Bengals, or at least I did. Um, uh, Ross, I want you to fill in the blank for me. Um, Joe Burrow is a top blank QB. Uh, Well, definitely top 10. Um, I think we can start to debate three through seven. Mm-hmm. I think he's in that window already. Um, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's his second year. He's coming off a torn ACL. His O-line is not very good. <laughs> and he has the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl for the first time since I was my daughter's age, since I was nine. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. And to win like they did at Kansas City, uh, I did not have a lot of confidence. I did not think that was going to happen. It's funny. I have a buddy who's a Bengals fan who I had dinner with Saturday night, and he was convinced that the Bengals were going to lose to the Raiders when Derek Carr was on that last drive. He's like, (laughs) I'm telling you, I I was a 1,000% convinced Derek Carr and the Raiders are going to score a touchdown, go for two, get it, and the Bengals are going to lose. I mean, it's just this guy, what he's doing is why teams – quote unquote, could or should tank, right? Like you get a guy like, I mean, any of these guys, really, it doesn't have to be number one overall, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Burrow, it it just changes everything. I mean, it's unbelievable. And I think I would love to know, there's no way to quantify it. I know BLG that you, you like the number stuff. And so do I, I would love to know the impact. Okay. Of, Joe Burrow's swag, whatever Mm. you want to call it, on the rest of the team. I'm so mad right now that Montana is Joe Cool because that's like the perfect nickname for Burrow. It's like he's Joe Cool. That's that's what he is. He's more Joe Cool than Montana was Joe Cool. And I'm not saying he's Montana (laughs) as a player. Montana's amazing, obviously. He's not Joe Montana as a player. But I don't know, just the way he carries himself, I think Joe Burrow's we got to come up with Joey Swags, something. We need something good for this guy. Well, I've talked about that a lot, and I totally agree. One of the things I love with Burrow is that he's like, hey, this is the standard from now on. This is how it's going to be here. 
We are not the underdog. I'm tired of that. I love, I think that does have an effect on the rest of the team. No, I agree. He he's uh, I just couldn't believe how calm he was when I talked to him after the game. And I posted that on social media at Ross Tucker NFL, but I'm telling you guys, it, it, it was like he expected everything that happened to happen. It was like, yeah, this is what was always going to happen. Like, why are you surprised, Ross? This is what <laughs> it's like. He feels like he, this whole thing was preordained and that this was always going to be what happened. It's amazing. It's uh, it's contagious. I will say this, though, too. People don't give the Bengals organization like DJ Reader is a boss. Trey Hendrickson is a stud. Von Bell was a good signing. You know, they have a bunch of good players. Obviously, their skill is really good. Um, now, that right guard rotation is not going to have a great time with Aaron Donald in the Super Bowl. Um, but they don't have that many holes. Did a great job of plugging the Twitter there, Ross. And big fan of the Twitter, of course, because one of the best things, I think, about it is not only your football takes and everything, but the food and the beer yes. that I get to see all the time. And we've talked about, you know, we got to set up a hangout sometime. I'll get you on BGN Radio. We got to figure it out. That'll be down the road. See, I just did a little plug there, too. Snuck that in. Yeah, you've um, never, have you ever had me on? We're going to we're working on it, Ross. Look, I'm terrible. I do the Eagles preseason games on TV. <laughs> I do the official pregame show. All I've ever wanted was to be on Bleeding Green Nation, and I haven't been on once. It's a bad job. It's a bad job by me. I need to get on it. I need to help, you know, work with our producer. It's going to happen. It's happening in this offseason, Ross. We'll get you on. But I need your expert advice as someone who is a connoisseur of the food and the beer. What's one food thing, and one beer that everyone needs at their Super Bowl party coming up? Good question. Um, so I think uh, I think any type of IPA, I know people, some people don't like IPAs, but I think it's important for those people to know that they're wrong. <laughs> I think it's important to not have the other, like don't even give them any other options. Just have some delicious local IPAs I think people just need to give it a couple more sips. I think if you actually try it, you will like it. Um, you know, that's interesting Super Bowl party. Well, first of all, you have to have Doritos, okay? I mean, somehow we can land people on the moon, and yet I'm 42 years old, and no other chip has ever come within the same stratosphere as Doritos. Like, how is that possible? Um, I'm a Not big cheese or, or, or Cool Ranch. Oh, no, I'm a nacho cheese guy. I, okay. I respect Cool Ranch, but I'm a nacho cheese guy. I'm a big hummus guy. Mm. I take down a lot of hummus, and I feel <laughs> healthy. I feel like I can – like, I'll even take carrots and stick them in hummus. You can have a million of those, and I think you just got healthier. I think you lost weight by doing that. I'm not making lunch for my seven-year-old kid. I don't want hummus at the Super Bowl party, Ross. I want stuff that's going to make me feel like I got shot with a sedative dart afterwards. <laughs> Stats, you, you don't look like you've ever eaten any of that stuff. That's why it's great to be me, because I can eat it all and I still look like this. Stats, I, uh, I noticed how we're having a – we're about to end the interview in a 14-minute conversation – and you haven't mentioned the Niners once. I can't remember what happened in the game at the end of the game last oh. night. I forget. Why Why do you have to hurt me, Ross? Why do you want to hurt me? 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just fun. It's fun when you know people that are fans of teams. And because I'm not really a fan. So it's it's fun to kind of well, I don't get to live like the highs and lows. My biggest low was when the Bills lost. A, because it was the, my favorite team I played for, and B, because I wanted to just drive up to Buffalo. I don't have to fly to Kansas City. <laughs> and the AFC Championship game in Buffalo would have been amazing. And I want – I like fresh blood. I like new people, okay, in the uh, in the Super Bowl. So I'm glad for the Bengals fans. I also love myfrontpagestory.com. Stats, get it for your wife. We're going to get her another Olive Garden gift card. <laughs> Give me a break. Best Valentine's Day gift ever. Myfrontpagestory.com. I promise. What? Tell people what it is so they know what they're getting. Yeah. So, uh, well, first of all, your wife won't even know what it is when you give it to her. She'd be like, wait, what? like, what is this? It's like, and you just say, hey, babe, I had a story written about you. It looks like it's on the front cover of the newspaper. You talk to one of our writers for 10 minutes or you just fill out an email interview. They write the most unbelievable story about your wife. So it just sounds like, wait, wait, what do you mean? You had a story written about me? Yeah, I had a story written about you. And then when she reads your quotes, like, you know, I just never thank her enough for all the little things she does for the family. I just want her to know how much I appreciate her. She will cry. Like, your wife's stats will cry. She'll be like, he finally, because you don't say stuff like that to her. <laughs> but she, he, he really gets it. He really gets me. I got to go. I got another one. Myfrontpagestory.com. Stats, I never need to hear from you again. Brandon, Bleeding Green Nation, soon. Thanks, Ross. <laughs> See ya. All right, BLG. I don't know why I had to turn into a bad husband for Ross to do his plug at the end of that. Uh, Ross was the plug master. Again, really loved how he just snuck the Twitter in really organically, obviously, uh, <laughs> his thing as well. Just great stuff. Yeah, Ross is very good at, at doing those things. But the reason, by the way, people, that we stuck to the AFC Championship game is because Ross was there. He worked the game for Westwood One. Don't worry. I got plenty of takes on the NFC Championship game. We're going to get to that when we come back here on the SB Nation NFL show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on the off-day debrief, part of the SB Nation NFL show. All right, BLG. We can talk about the NFC Championship game. Rams get the win, 20-17 to 17, over my San Francisco 49ers. I'm not in any rush to talk about it. I've been talking about it now for what feels like 20 consecutive hours. And the more I talk about it, the more upset I get. 
I am mad stats because no one deserved to win that game. I was, that was my genuine take watching the NFC championship. No one wants to win this game. Sean McVay is coaching like a coward. What's new oh. and just bad and throwing screen passes on third down after trading two first round picks to get a quarterback. And like, like, what is this? This is garbage. And Kyle Shanahan obviously coached even worse, arguably uh, in a loss. And, you know, the quarterback play, wasn't amazing. Matthew Stafford obviously made some pretty good throws in some key spots, but I mean, that drop pick was terrible. That's one of the worst drop picks I've ever seen. It was like, you know, there's drop picks sometimes where it's like, Oh, that, that defensive back should have had it, but you know, it kind of would have been a tough catch. Like maybe they had to make it over the catch grab or like a diving grab or something. And this is like a punt Like you could have fair caught it back there and he still couldn't get it. So uh, just a lot of things about that game that made me frustrating as someone with no skin in it, other than I kind of wanted uh, the Rams to lose from a standpoint of, I don't want to see Sean McVay win the Super Bowl, but I didn't want the 49ers to win. No offense stats, because I don't want Jimmy G to get to another Super Bowl and have a whole off season of people telling me that actually quarterback doesn't matter that much. So it was kind of <laughs> just like the gaslight bowl for me. And uh, I did not enjoy it. Yeah, this just in quarterback does matter. And here's a perfect example of it. In the past three postseasons, teams going into the fourth with a double digit lead were 19 and two. You know who has both of those losses, BLG? I do. Jimmy freaking Garoppolo and look he's not the only reason they lost but he's the biggest reason they lost again over the last 12 minutes of that game the 49ers did not gain a single yard offensively I'm not talking first down or score points I'm talking about gain a yard for 12 minutes that's basically the entire fourth quarter you cannot that's unfathomable you cannot do that and win if you have one of these elite quarterbacks in that situation where the 49ers ran six minutes to go, like that quarterback, let's say whoever it is, Burrow, Brady, whatever, you know, uh, like they're leading a drive down there to score a touchdown and they're bleeding clock and they're probably going to win the game right there, or at least put themselves in a really good position for, you know, their defense to, to make a stop at least at the end. And that is not what the 49ers did at all. They didn't have a chance at the end and it's absolutely not a coincidence. And, you know, more than one thing can be true, as we say a lot on this podcast. It's not that Jimmy G has like zero value at all, and only everything he do is everything he does is bad. That's not what is being said. It's being said that he ultimately limits their ceiling, which is very apparent and has been throughout the season. And you've been saying as much, and we're saying as much before this season, which is why you wanted Trey Lance to start. So I guess that's the silver lining of this all is that Jimmy G uh, has clearly cemented his, his grave and is not coming back to San Francisco, but you know, how, 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 like how big of a window is this for the 49ers? Are they going to just be able to easily pick it up and get back every year? That's something that, you know, RJ and I had questioned going into the year and there's still a lot of good pieces there. Don't get me wrong, but like, you know, is Debo going to stay healthy? Is George Kittle, you know, all, there's, there's still a lot of question marks uh, elsewhere. Yeah, this whole like run it back thing that the 49ers have been talking about since 2019, that is dead and buried now. The dirt is over the grave on that. You're going to be starting a 22-year-old rookie quarterback next year with two games of starting experience. As far as I'm concerned, the window is shut and you have to pry it open game by game next year. The 49ers may need another new offensive coordinator because Mike McDaniel could get hired by the Miami Dolphins. D'Amico Ryans could get hired by the Minnesota Vikings. So you could have you could be facing two brand new coordinators next year with a, basically a rookie quarterback starting. There is no window. Forget that. As far as I'm concerned, 
next season, I, the way I look at it right now, I will be thrilled if the 49ers make the playoffs next season. And I think Lance is going to be pretty good. But just given everything that could change between now and then, I don't know how you can just look at this team and say, oh, yeah, they could be back in the NFC Championship game next year. Well, and a head coach who clearly is has deficiencies when it comes to being aggressive and is not going to maximize your chances to win is going to be in that Sean McVay slash Mike McCarthy kind of category of like, there's going to be a big decision to be made. And he's not even going to consider going for it because that's what happened in that game, right? Stats on the fourth and two. It wasn't even that Kyle Shanahan was like, oh, this was a tough call. And, you know, sometimes you just have to go with your gut or whatever. A lot of coaches, I feel like, say that in those situations. I mean, in a clear situation where you had to go from it for an, from an analytical perspective, I saw Ben Baldwin's uh, fourth down bot said it was like very strong indication to go for it in that spot. Kyle Shannon was like, we just said we weren't going for it there. Like it wasn't even a consideration. And it, that's just, it's cowardly and it's pathetic and it's terrible. And it also is this like antithetical to what the 49ers have built in terms of like, don't you have this offense with like, you know, and this offensive line and this physical nature with like Debo and again, Kittle and all these guys and you can't get two yards can't get three yards like come on you never thought about it well that just shows you how broken Kyle Shanahan's thinking is in those situations and I I, this is look I'm going to spoil it here this is going into my MVP LVPs uh, but they punted three times in Rams territory yesterday three times or I should say on on Sunday excuse me three times at the Rams 45 or closer they punted like for what, what are you gaining in those situations? Even when it worked right. And the, and Wisnowski punted and Trent Sherfield made an awesome play and the 49ers down the ball at the three yard line, right? That's basically as good as you can do. The Rams went right down the field and scored a 97 yard touchdown. What are you so scared of? Stop living in your fears. We have seen this like Put the pressure on the other team. Stop worrying about what if it doesn't work and start worrying about what are we going to do after we convert? Like you cannot just always function from a point of fear and loss. And I don't know if somebody needs to just grab Kyle Shanahan and shake him or what, but like we've seen this for years now with him and it's not like it's been working out. He's still under 500 as a head coach. So clearly Kyle, some of your process needs to change because it's just not working. The disparity between both, again, I'll bring up McVeigh here too, between those guys as like game planners, which obviously they've had a lot of success at and they've won and they've been in good spots. Again, I'm, it's kind of like the Jimmy G thing. I'm not saying these are like the worst head coaches in the NFL. Obviously not, but they, they limit you in these really significant ways, in these ways that shouldn't be like, you're not, we're not even asking Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVeigh to be like, the pioneers on this front. It's like, again, didn't you watch <laughs> Doug Peterson win a Super Bowl, like by being really aggressive and maximizing opportunities? It's, and, and it's just, it doesn't make sense from, again, this idea like you built this like badass kind of roster or these physical players and like confidence in yourself. Don't you have confidence in yourself as like a play caller to do this? Like, that's just, I just don't get that. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's like you have no confidence to not go for it, basically. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a game that someone had to win by default, I felt like, and I am upset that someone had to win it at all. And I'm obviously just rooting for the Bengals in the Super Bowl because I can't I, I don't it doesn't sit well with me that one of these teams now gets to or the Rams in this case, like gets a chance to win the Super Bowl. It is. I mean, talk about a Super Bowl. Nobody, nobody would have predicted 
maybe the Rams, but nobody had the Bengals. I saw something that said more people bet on the Houston Texans to make the Super Bowl than the Cincinnati Bengals, which makes sense because I guess like if you thought that Watson was going to come back at uh, some point, you at least give him a chance, right? Yeah. But Cincinnati, I mean, a lot of people had Zach Taylor as the first coach that was going to be fired, yet here they are in the conference championship game. All right, B.O.D., let's get to some of our MVPs and LVP points. You have two MVPs. I feel like we've been a little negative with the 49ers here. Let's try and go back into positive town. Give me your first MVP. I think it's Joe Burrow. <laughs> it was a clear choice. And I know like it wasn't just him in this game in terms of, you know, he had the lot. It's, it's not like he had like, you know, five touchdowns and zero interceptions. He, he threw a bad pick uh, against the Chiefs. But I mean, he is the catalyst quite clearly. And maybe even if it wasn't just him in that game, I mean, it's very much him who's gotten them to this point in large part. Um, and it's changed the culture there, culture of losing, and not even just that, but like a culture of irrelevance, really, uh, maybe even worse than a culture of losing. Um, Joe Burrow's the man. He's awesome. The play where he just gets away from <laughs> Chris Jones is just like incredible. I, I was like, how, how, how is he doing that? It's, it's incredible because not only is he such a proficient thrower, but also he's enough with his legs and everything to not be, you know, Michael Vick out there, but just to, you know, make enough plays with his mobility and make things happen and pick up a huge first down. And Ross kind of prefaced it well with all these things that, you know, make Burroughs success all that more impressive. What do I say stats all the time, how hard it is for young quarterbacks in the NFL, these first time starters in the playoffs to win a game, let alone go to the Super Bowl at this point, it is it is really special stuff and it's not fluky. And again, I picked the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl heading into the playoffs. And I felt like, I mean, part of it is thanks to the MVP LVP section we have here. Cause I constantly just had Burrow and chase. And I was like, you know what? Like maybe we're not talking about this team enough because they're, they have such a prolific passing offense. And that kind of matters a little bit when you have a dominant quarterback and a receiver can also help them out a ton. Uh, I love Joe Burrow. He's awesome. RJ tries to give us crap for saying like we're flavor of the month and bandwagon or whatever. I mean, <laughs> okay, whatever, but like, he's really good. And I still like Justin Herbert a lot, by the way, but Joe Burrow is also really good as well. So uh, Joe Burrow MVP point for me, who is yours? Uh, I absolutely agree with what you said on Burrow, by the way. And it's not just a playoff win to get the Bengals to the Super Bowl. It's an 18 point comeback on the road against the defending AFC champions. Like it's an incredible the massive performance. Yeah. 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 So absolute MVP to Joe Burrow. I want to give my MVP. Let's go to the NFC championship game. Cause I feel like we haven't hit this a lot from the Rams perspective. And I actually want to give it to Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator of the mm. Rams, because he's the only Rams defensive coordinator in the last three that's been able to stop this 49ers running game. And they absolutely shut it down. You know, what does everybody say when they go against the 49ers, right? We got to make Jimmy Garoppolo beat us. We got to stop the run and we got to make them throw the ball. Well, they absolutely shut the 49ers down. They had 20 carries in the game for 50, uh, 50 yards. That's two and a half yards per carry. They shut down Debo. They shut down Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell ran for 1.8 yards per carry. That's pathetic. And Raheem Morris did the one thing that nobody's been able to do is absolutely shut the Niners down. I mentioned they didn't gain a yard in the final 12 minutes of the game. As frustrating that as that is from my side of things, the 49ers side, I got to give Raheem Morris credit because Brandon Staley couldn't do it. The whiz kid and Wade Phillips, the great defensive coordinator, the hall of famer, Wade Phillips couldn't do it. So credit to Raheem Morris, 
who knows Kyle Shanahan well. Kyle Shanahan studied defenses under Raheem Morris for a time. And I think, you know, he finally put that knowledge to good use and they dominated the Niners. I am going to the other defensive coordinator from a, the winning side in the AFC stats. And I'm going with Lou Anarumo, who I bet you is a name that none of us were thought was ever going to appear on this list at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. I bet you, did you even know who that was at the beginning of the season? Honestly, no. if I told you like, Oh yeah. And honestly, I don't even think I knew what, like I, I knew the name, uh, especially because I think the, the Eagles played the Bengals last year and he was like kind of on my radar a little bit, but I couldn't tell you what he looked like until recently. Like, I was like, if you showed me him, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Um, and it's just kind of funny, again, as I sit here and watch like Jonathan Gannon get interviews or become a finalist for the Texans head coaching job. <laughs> and I get it. Again, I know it's not all just about how your unit performs, but like, come on. Like this guy goes out and the Chiefs have the second or, or in, in their second half, their offense performance was the worst in terms of EPA per drive they've ever had with Patrick Mahomes as their starting quarterback out of 74 games combined regular season and playoffs that comes from our good friend, Shil Kapadia. And then there's another stat here from Seth Walter, Patrick Mahomes, 1.4 QBR in the second half and overtime was the sixth worst second half and overtime QBR performance by any quarterback in any game this season. So like, this is incredible stuff. And it's not like the Bengals have these superstar players on their defense, right? It's not like they have not to try to take away credit from Raheem Morris here, but if you kind of wanted to like, you know, point out that they have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, you know, to like elite, like who's that on the Bengals? Like who is the, I mean, like they have some nice players. I'm not trying to, to you know, Jesse Bates and, and that, uh, that tip he had obviously on the pick at, at the end was really big in overtime. Um, they have talent. Uh, and, and Ross Tucker mentioned DJ reader, um, BJ Hill had the huge pick in that game. Again, like, some quality players there. Don't get me wrong, but I think at the end of the day, you have to give the defensive coordinator a lot of props for basically doing what no one had done before. Kind of like what you're saying. Absolutely. And that dovetails into my first LVP because I was going to give it to Mahomes. Cincinnati was getting pressure in a lot of times with three rushers, which is really impressive when you consider that the Rams have five blockers to block for them, but Cincinnati would still get pressure. But I mean, that, that sequence at the end, even when they kicked the game tying field goal, It was almost a disaster for Patrick Mahomes disaster. He nearly fumbled it away. Like to be honest, he got lucky that they recovered the fumble at the end of regulation. And then in overtime before the actual interception that he throws, he throws it directly to Eli Apple. It was almost as bad of a drop as Joukowsky Tarts drop for the 49ers. It was a disaster for Patrick Mahomes. And I'm sorry, like when your team blows an 18 point lead at home, you get the biggest slice of blame pie when you're the quarterback. You don't get the only slice. Andy Reid's having some of that pie too, for sure. But it was just the worst we've ever seen Patrick Mahomes. When he was coming out of college and people were doubting him, that's the Patrick Mahomes that they were thinking that they were going to see. The guy that doesn't play within the structure of the offense, that looks to run around too much, that doesn't protect the football and puts it in harm's way. That's the guy. And that doesn't mean that Mahomes isn't great. Look, Tom Brady gave up an 18-point lead in a conference championship game. So it does happen. But Mahomes has to wear this one. You know, all his other playoff losses, he you could say, like, hey, he played great. It wasn't his fault. What, what's that expression? Uh, 
get carried out on the shield, right? He goes all out on the shield for those. No one's blaming Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. He got none of the blame, right? Because the offensive line was bad and he was still making crazy plays. This one's on him. He takes the LVP point. Uh, our good friend from Monday Football Monday, Pete Sweeney, was talking about last week about how like you know Mahomes wins another Super Bowl here. He's on like the Michael Jordan kind of track, and I don't think that was a ridiculous thing to say. We didn't you know guarantee he would get there, but like that kind of path. And you lose this game, and it's pretty big because I like not to say that he still can't be an amazing player, and I'm sure he'll be back in this spot quite a bit. But you've taken a big step back in terms of, you know, being this all time kind of player across sports. And, you know, that, that, that this has negatively impacted his legacy unquestionably. Um, so definitely uh, deserving of it. And also, I think for a positive Chiefs point, maybe he needed this. Like maybe he needed to be humbled because I think one of the things that we saw earlier in the season when the Chiefs were struggling a little bit. It's just like, I feel like Mahomes sometimes is like too self-aware, like almost like knows how good he is and kind of just can feels like he can do whatever out there. Maybe he needs to check himself a little bit and kind of rein it back in and realize that like, no, actually I can't do that all the time. And to some extent I have to play within the structure or, or do certain things, or at least not, you know, play hero ball to the extent I am and costing the team. So, so maybe, maybe he kind of learns from this and uh, he's better for it in the long run, but for now LVP. So I was shocked stats that you did not take both. Uh, so in my tracker of MVP LVP points, I had already written down Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan for you. <laughs> so I just assumed you were going to do that. Um, so I actually had Mahomes for me. Um, so you kind of stole my point, and now I have to give it to uh, Kyle Shanahan or Jimmy G. And I guess I have to give it to. It doesn't matter because you're probably going to take the other one. At least I would hope. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Jimmy G. Um, we kind of already talked about it. We've been crushing him all year. I really wanted to put Sean McVay here, even though the Rams won, just because, again, like he did not – the Rams won in spite of Sean McVay to yes, a certain extent. I don't want to hear like, you know – and it's, it's going to drive me nuts, Stats. I am going to be devastated if slash when the Rams win the Super Bowl because people will talk about his one Super Bowl win, like it counts for like four Super Bowl wins. I just I'm, – I'm so ready. <laughs> it, it's true. Like it's going to happen. Like Doug Peterson wins one, whatever. It doesn't even matter. It barely even counts according to people today. Or whereas Sean McVay wins one and it's like the greatest accomplishment of all time. Um, so anyway, it's not McVay. It's Jimmy G. I mean, he didn't throw a touchdown pass in the playoffs, as he'd like to point out before. No, he did. This, before, oh, this before this game. This game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before this game. So you, uh, you get this far. And and then it's just very so clearly carried uh, in this game. And then, you know, it was very fitting the way it ended, where he ends the any kind of hopes that the 49ers had with a really poor decision. I mean, the game was probably over anyway, but still um, put the nail in the coffin for them and shows you why it's kind of important to have a quarterback. And that's one of the funny things about people saying that the 49ers are like the example that you don't need it and you can build the roster and whatever. The 49ers traded multiple first round picks to get a quarterback because they knew he wasn't good enough. So I don't want to hear like, like, no, actually you can. Uh, I know it's, it's, it's tempting to want to believe that because it's not, Easy to get a special guy like a Joe Burrow, like a Mahomes, or I mean, not I don't really think Stafford's in that category, but even to get him, you know, it was not cheap for the Rams to get that kind of player. Um, and, you know, it took them some time to find a guy like that after dealing with Goff. So uh, I get it why you would want to believe that, but it's just not the reality. And it's Jimmy G who gets a LVP point and I will assume be the Washington enter team name here quarterback next year. <laughs> I mean, I don't care where he goes. I'm just so 
as frustrated and angry as I am after losing that game, there is a huge sense of relief for me because I'm off that Jimmy Garoppolo merry-go-round of he plays like crap, the 49ers win, then he plays decent against a bad team, the 49ers win, and everyone talks about how great he is, and then he goes out and poops on his shoes, and then all those people shut up. And then we just go around again where he'll play bad, but they'll beat a good team. And we just kept going around and around since 2017. I'm ready to be done with that. Like, no, this guy wasn't it. And I've never seen a player more protected. You know how many times people tell me that I've criticized Jimmy Garoppolo too much? Well, he's the reason they lose almost every time they lose. I've never seen a guy get more protected by the 49ers fan base. We talked about it in the instant reaction show that we did on the live on the Niners Nation YouTube page. How will we remember the Jimmy Garoppolo era? I will not remember the Jimmy Garoppolo era because it was utterly forgettable. I don't think about the Jeff Garcia era either very often. That's where I'm going to be with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I just hope that Trey Lance turns out to be a player so that people will realize what good quarterback play is supposed to look like because it has been absent in San Francisco for so long that people are blinded to it. So congratulations to you for giving Garoppolo the MVP or the LVP, excuse me. I was going to give it to both of them, but since you already took Jimmy G, I'll give my second LVP to Kyle Shanahan. Pop quiz, BLG. How many fourth quarter playoff touchdowns has Kyle Shanahan's offense scored? Zero. Zero. He's gone to the Super Bowl. He has not (laughs) scored an offensive touchdown in the fourth quarter in the playoffs. The only Mm. offensive, or the only touchdown in the fourth quarter in the playoffs the 49ers have had under Kyle Shanahan came on the blocked punt to the Packers last week. That is pathetic. And I know Jimmy G limits the offense, but there are still things you can do. Debo Samuel did not touch the ball for the last 12 minutes of the game on Sunday. That that's on Kyle Shanahan. You could do a screen. You could do a handoff. You can prevent that from happening. That's on Kyle Shanahan for not doing that, for not making the Rams pay for using all their timeouts. The Rams had no timeouts left like halfway through, even maybe even earlier in the fourth quarter because Sean McVay is an idiot, basically. And they didn't make the Rams pay for that at all. Some people were questioning the uh, Shanahan's use of timeouts at the end of that game. I didn't really have a problem with it. The Niners had the ball back with like a minute and 40 seconds left and one timeout, which was plenty of time to go down the field. So I thought that was fine. But the punting three times in Rams territory, I'll never like... You're supposed to put your team in a position to succeed as a head coach. And Kyle Shanahan's doing the opposite. It's almost like he's sabotaging the team. So Mm. Shanahan gets a huge LVP for that performance on Sunday. Another blown lead in the playoffs. His team never put together four good quarters in one game the whole season. They never had that mentality to grind people into the dirt and really kick them when they're down, which I know sounds bad, but you know what I mean. (laughs) They never did that all year. Look at week one against the Lions. They were up 41 to 17 with two minutes to go. And the Lions had the ball in their hands with an opportunity to drive down the field and tie up that game in regulation. That's absurd. But that's who the 49ers have been. And I put a lot of that on Kyle Shanahan. He gets the LVP for me. Listen, kids who are listening to this podcast, um, listen to Uncle Stats. And when you have your opponent down in the dirt, you got to kick them while they're down. If you Um, learn anything from this podcast, it's kick people when they're down. Yeah, that's the motto of the podcast. That's what we say here. Um, that's, did you include, uh, are we just talking about Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers when you were talking about the the stat uh, of no fourth quarter 
uh, touchdowns. I believe that's just with the 49ers. Okay. Yeah. Cause famously too, in the Super Bowl when he was the offense coordinator for the Falcons, they did happen to score zero points in that fourth quarter famously where the Patriots came back to one. So, so extending the sample size, even back to then, uh, yeah, not great. Uh, it's a weird position again to be in with McVay and Shanahan, these coaches who are, are genuinely in a lot of ways, and obviously not just in terms of their own success, but some of the assistants that have come from them who have had success, Zach Taylor among them. Um, it's it's weird to kind of reconcile this offensive prowess with this just total cowardice. Like I don't I don't know. I tend to like probably be harder than them. Maybe I should because of the cowardice thing. Because to me that's like so fixable. Like that's the that's the easy part. Like it feels like being the offensive genius is kind of the hard. You've done the hard part. Why can't you just do the easy part? Um, so I don't really get it. And I have a hard time kind of like ranking them and feeling and, and betting on them. It's kind of like the Kirk Cousins thing to me a little bit here stats. It's like, I can't bet on this guy. I can't bet on this coach because I know there's a lot of good there, but like at the end of the day, it's, there's like this deal breaker thing that I just can't trust. So, uh, that's where I come down on it. And it's very fitting, I think for a podcast hosted by, or co-hosted by a 49ers fan that I think Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan, I don't know if they're going to be dead last in our final LVP standings, but they're, they're going to be very much all the way towards the bottom. And they absolutely 100% deserve. That's going to do it for this edition of the off day debrief part of the SB nation NFL show. We remind you again, please rate review and follow the SB nation NFL show. We are not going anywhere. Obviously, the playoffs are still going on. People think like the Niners Nation podcast is just going to fold up shop now. That they're like, no, <laughs> we're still here. Obviously, we have plenty of shows for you. We have a great lineup of Super Bowl guests coming up. So you're going to want to obviously check it out. That's why you need to subscribe right now so you don't miss it. BLG, I know you just had Devontae Smith over at BGN. So big things are happening. There's no reason to go anywhere. Big things are happening. Uh, thank you to, to you, Stats, by the way, for helping BGN land Devontae Smith. So a shout out to you in that regard and Rachelle for crushing the interview. Um, a lot of good stuff coming up on the SB Nation NFL show, including tomorrow's show here, uh, NFL University. So you're going to want to check that out after you listen to this, obviously. And uh, yeah, and we thank Ross for having him on. And I will get him on BGN Radio. I know everyone, I've, I've let everyone down. The masses are, are crying for Ross Tucker to be on. And, and I've let everyone down once again. So maybe I should give myself an, an honorary uh, LVP point, which I was going to do if the 49ers made the Super Bowl. Spoiler <laughs> or a little uh, behind the curtain there stats, because I, I didn't think they could do it. But I didn't have to do that, thankfully. Uh, so yeah, but definitely a lot of fun stuff coming up. Not only this week, but next week as well. As we really get into a Super Bowl that I'm looking forward to. It's going to be fun. I don't want the Rams to win. So again, that's going to be torturous if it happens. But I am glad that the Chiefs aren't here because that was kind of like a fatigue for me. I wanted something fresh and new and we're getting that. So it should be fun. Enjoy it, everybody. Tune in to NFL University tomorrow.